While she scoured the cast-iron roasting pan, a lock of violet gladstone's thick black hair fell in her face. With a soapy finger, she tucked it behind her ear and continued to scrub, oblivious to the fact it was now clean. Her mind was elsewhere. Each hard scrub was fueled by her scorn for one Ned Cloverfield, the groundskeeper of the Johnson estate. After being sweethearts for two years, he asked her to marry him. His position came with a small house and a salary sufficient to support a family. He promised her a new life. No longer would she have to keep house for the Johnson family. She would be a happy wife with her own home and, in time, God willing, little ones. Dry trails of tears shed hours ago streaked her cheeks. It was sobering to realize he never loved her. How else could he throw her whole life's plan atop the rubbish heap? Out the window, glimpses of the dusky sky appeared through the big leaves of the shade trees as they danced in the sultry breeze. Nesting birds warbled lowly their last songs before nightfall. It had been a perfect Georgia day. One violet wished would end so she could close up in her room and uncork her sadness and anger. With fast hands, she rinsed off the pan, wrung out the dishcloth, swept the floor clean, and was about to untie her apron when Ned appeared in the doorway. Affecting a grandiose air, he sauntered in and leaned against the wall with his arms crossed before him, and the most infuriating smile on his face. She bristled at his audacity. She never wanted to see his face again, never mind speak to him. In a suave, low voice, he began... "'Violet, I know you. You cannot stay mad at me. I never would have broken off the engagement if things were different. Widow Finley, the richest woman in town, wants me. How could I refuse a life of leisure for one toiling as another man's servant? You've had time to think about it. You must understand.' "'I understand what kind of man you are. I only wish I had known sooner. I don't want to talk to you.' She uttered, restraining her voice from erupting into a yell. It would be bad form to disturb the serenity of the household. Violet, I know you are mad at me, and I can't bear it. Ned said, tilting his head and pouting. You love me. I know you do. There's no reason we can't still be friends once I am married. His false frown lifted. He winked at her and sidled closer. Are you suggesting what I think you are? she demanded coolly. What feelings she had left for him evaporated. I am saying that I love you and I want to be with you. I won't be the groundskeeper there. I will be the master. You could work for the widow and me. She will never know about us, I promise. He offered in a lascivious whisper close to her ear. She could feel his vile breath on her neck. Come on, say yes, he coaxed. I can't believe I ever thought you worth my time, she hissed. He put his hand on her shoulder. She recoiled from his touch and shoved his hand away. Get out of here and don't ever speak to me again. She wound her apron up into a ball and tossed it down on the slate sink. You don't mean that, he stated flatly. You have never wanted anyone but me, and you never will. He lifted his chin and smiled at her smugly. Come on, it will be like it has always been. He added smoothly and put a frown on his boyishly handsome face, which he knew melted everyone's heart, especially hers. She saw through it. He could manipulate her no longer. I will tell the widow what you said to me if you ever speak another word to me again, she said with finality. Any tears left unshed were now ice. He averted his gaze from her piercing eyes and squirmed in his shoes. You wouldn't really do that, would you? 
He prodded, set a fierce glare upon her, and gripped her arm hard. Yes, she resolved and pushed his arm away. A midnight black lock of hair shook loose from behind her ear and hung over her eye. He reached out, ran the loose lock through his fingers, and eyed it closely. A white hair, he noted. Not as young as you used to be, are you, Violet? Violet squared her jaw. Just go, she commanded. Fine, I will never call on you again. You will be lucky if anyone else ever does, Ned said with a cruel sneer. When you change your mind, come begging, and maybe I will find you a place in our kitchen. She pointed at the door for him to go. Once she heard his horse trot off, she snatched a newly polished silver tea tray from the shelf and looked at her reflection. Her face dropped. He was right. She had a white hair.